0: led of the Lord, part two, and we spoke last time about uh, the the whole foundation for us, if we're going to be led of the Lord, needs to be uh, complete and total trust in him, trusting him with our lives, trusting him, knowing that uh, how he speaks to us and what he wants to speak in and what he wants to lead, that it is ultimately going to be the best for us, and so we 're going to continue on with that tonight, and uh, if you had a chance to uh, join us. Uh, on the first Sunday of the new year, uh, the message that I shared on that Sunday was charting a course for 2022. And one of the things that we spoke about on that day uh, in order to chart a course with the Lord, to have it just be a really great year in the Lord, uh, we said, you gotta use your compass and you gotta use your map. And uh, the map, of course, uh, I said was the word of God. And then the compass, uh, I I had listed several things, prayer and worship. But one of the things we mentioned as part of our compass, as believers is the leading and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to lean into, uh, so we're talking about being led of the Lord. So first we start off with, I want to be led. I'm hungry to be led. I completely trust him. That was last time. And now we're going to start with, what are the two main ways that God is going to lead every believer? And it's through his word and it's through his spirit. So that's fairly elementary. That's fairly foundational probably for most of us that are, that are here, uh, you, you know, joining together tonight. But I, I want us to look at it from the perspective of taking some inventory. And I want us to look at it from the perspective of uh, looking out over this next calendar year and just really evaluating, you, you know, how many know the longer we do something, the easier it is to forget why we're doing what we're doing. Also, the longer we're doing something, the easier it can be for that thing to fall into routine. And so that's kind of the context of taking a Wednesday night and talking about such foundational things as, you know, the Lord's going to lead us through his word and the Lord is going to lead us by his Holy Spirit. But to be taking a fresh look, uh, last night we had a gathering of uh, many of our leaders in the church, and one of the things that I shared with our leadership is that God has put on my heart, uh, and this is going back into the last quarter of last year, Lord, give me a word for 2022, like an actual Word, uh, you know, like one word. And the Lord gave me two words, and, and it was reset, rebuild. And I think that's coming out of, you know, the the COVID season. It was interesting. The Lord gave that. I prayed on it. I really, really felt so strong it was the Lord. And then then off comes the next COVID surge to where, you you know, just in the face of God's word wanting to say, well, what do you think of that? You know, and uh, I just, I'm I'm convinced that's what God spoke to us. And praise God, we're already seeing that surge, you know, uh, diminishing and believing that it's moving its way out. But certainly uh, rebuild and reset is something, that's a word for us corporately, but I believe that's something for us to grab a hold of individually as well. And so things have been so mixed up and things have been stalled. Uh, It was interesting, I I was listening to uh, a, a little bit of a webinar where there were some pastors gathered and they were talking about coming out of this season. And they said, you know, one of the biggest hazards that people have gone through in this season and certainly it would be more amplified for leaders is Uh, what's called, what, what they're calling decision fatigue. You know, because we've had to make so many new different decisions. It's pivot and then move and then be flexible and pivot and then move and be flexible. And we haven't been this way before. What do we do? And then the next thing comes down. I mean, it's been a couple years. I mean, we're into our third year of of being Gumby, just all flexible and having a regroup. And God, what are you saying? And all right, Lord, what do we do now? And, you know, so so in, in this season of uh, where we're going to be getting... Uh, out, out, of, out of what has been. I'm not saying that I feel in any way the Lord is saying it's going to get a whole lot easier. I, I, don't, mean to be, uh, I don't mean that discouraging. I just mean that I don't think that it's going to get easier. But we're moving out of this season. And in that, it's important for us to make sure that we do go back and make sure that those main things are the main thing and make sure that those things that the Lord says are essential, that those things are really happening in our life in a very quality way. Can you say amen? So it's so good for us, and not just in in a season where where there's another round of transition, and maybe a season of us saying, "All right, we're we're moving into a new uh, a, a new place here." As, and, and certainly that's been a, a word that the Lord has been saying to us in, in a lot of a lot of different ways. Actually, a lot of different voices that the Lord is looking to do new things in our lives. So in that, we have to make sure that we're so anchored in hearing His voice. You know, the more that the world gets shaken, the more the Lord wants his people to shine for him the darker the world gets, the more it ought to be that the light of Christ in God's people is just shining so brightly. You know, so so in that, it goes back to the way that's going to happen is that we just stay so very intentional in the things that are really important to us. So again, that's kind of the, the whole setting around what we're going to look at here today. Um, so last time, like I said, we, we spoke about just having to trust God and have a strong foundation of trust. Uh, we used use this verse and i want to use it to springboard into this week proverbs 3 verses 5 to 9 and it says trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take talking about being led of the lord don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So there's a promise that if we seek God, we listen to his voice and don't depend on our own wisdom, that God is going to lead us through and he's going to lead us on the best path. And so, uh, Let's talk now about these two main ways that we're going to be led of the Lord. So the, the Bible, the written word of God uh, is, is certainly a key way that God is going to lead us. The word of God reveals the general will of God for his people. And honestly, for those who are not yet his people, because it reveals he wants them to be his people, right? So the word of God reveals the general will of God for, for all of creation, really, right? 90% of God's direction for our lives is going to come directly from his written word. And and that's why it's so important for us to be in his word, to know his word, to rightly divide the word of truth, and to understand the things about his character and about his nature that he reveals to us in his word. And again, I know the longer I walk with God, the more and more I realize the benefit and the health of going through the full counsel of all the word of God. You know, uh, early on in my walk, I, I the the prophets, you know, uh, it, it was kind of slow moving, you know, moving through Numbers and Leviticus, you know, and then getting to the all the different prophet books and everything. But, you know, when I realized God is trying to talk to me through all of his word, and I started looking for, God, what is it that you're saying? Oh, man, it, it just became so much more of a powerful encounter with God in his word. So Proverbs 6, verses 12. Twenty to 23. Interesting, this is written by Solomon, uh, of course written ultimately by Holy Spirit uh, but, but Solomon is the, is the human author uh, and speaking of David and Bathsheba, his parents, right? And, and this is what, what, what he lays out there. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. So, man, what a picture are we getting of what we should do with the counsel of the Word of God? The, the, the intensity, the intentionality, the focus that we should have. You know, obey. Don't neglect. Uh, keep these words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. Uh, verse 22, when you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way of life. Ah, man, my heart grieves. How much has the body of Christ moved away from the corrective discipline of the Word of God? Man, it's epidemic. It's chronic in our modern culture. You know, if we would stick to God's Word we would, we would stay on his path and we would really show the world his heart. Uh, we oftentimes, so we're talking about being led by God's word. Ninety percent of of uh, God's leading for us is going to come through this general revelation for people that He lays out for us in His Word. And, and I want to say for us as a spirit filled congregation, as people who recognize the present day giftings and leading of Holy Spirit, and and uh, let me make a balancing statement here: I'm in no way diminishing. As a matter of fact. The Bible makes it clear that that's the brand of Christianity that we're supposed to walk out. A spirit-filled, spirit-empowered Christianity where those gifts are are in operation among us. That's what's needed to drive back the kingdom of darkness and to see the full full counsel and the full purposes of God um, taking place around us. We need the move of the Holy Spirit. So with that being said and done... If we're not careful, as, uh, as folks that are charismatic, Pentecostal, however we want to put it, we, want to, we have to make sure that we don't miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? You know, the supernatural is in the word of God. Come on, have you had that? Where that word in your devotion that day was just what God was trying to get across to you? You know, there's, there's been times where, you know, I've had what I read in my devotion is something that somebody shared later on. And, you know, um, I remember, actually, I remember sharing this with Cynthia. Uh, last year, my devotional that I was going through was a Smith Wigglesworth devotional. And the story that was told in that devotional that day just happened to be a story that Cynthia was sharing uh, in, in, in the prayer call that evening, you know. And I remember the Lord kind of, Stirring my heart in the morning and then getting back and hearing myself being reminded of it again, saying, Oh, right, Lord, I have to make sure I don't forget this one, what you're trying to say to me here today, right? I mean, the Word of God, it's, it's alive, it's powerful. You know, one of my favorite things to do, uh, I, I mention this with regularity, is to be in a bookstore. You know, and uh, you know sometimes and my whole, my whole family has caught the enjoyment of that. sometimes it's just like a wearer family party, uh, going to Barnes and Noble, getting coffee, praise God, and just just perusing, you know, but you go through, and there's certainly a lot of books there that are that are not healthy, not godly, not good, but here's one thing I know, whether it's in the Christian section or any other section of, of that, that store, the, the, those books are not alive the only book in that store that's alive is when we get to the word of god when we see the bibles and we and you can just look and there's just i mean thousands and thousands of books you know but there's only one book that's ever been created that is living and active and powerful there's only one where god says my word will not return back to me void Oh man, we don't wanna miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. And you know what I found? When we look for the spectacular, we get neither. When we look for the supernatural in, in God just working in our lives, then we usually get both. Amen? Amen. So uh, we, we can sometimes, without even realizing it, devalue the word because we want a word. Come on, I've done it. How many have done that? I hope I get a word from the Lord today. You know, uh, you know, some, some of them prophetic folks are at the altar. I hope God gives me a word. You know, uh, and 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 God does do that. That is how God operates. But we don't want to um, minimize and diminish the word of God. Uh, Proverbs four twenty uh, to twenty two uh, more talking about our heart toward the word. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. And then Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So just just stirring up and reminding us of some scriptures that just bring us back to uh, the the place that we want God's word to have in our lives in a consistent basis. So the word of God here we see in in this last verse, it gives us illumination, helps us see what we didn't see before, what we didn't know before. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a a light unto my path. Uh, The word of God, it's a guide for our lives. Uh, I actually meant to bring it tonight and I left at home, but back when uh, at the beginning of the year, when we talked about charting the course, I brought an aviation chart you know and compared the Word of God to that chart and and uh, so so if if you weren 't here, just think of uh, you, you know your atlas you know now we just have uh, our GPS in whatever international accent that we choose or, or famous person's voice just tells us where to go, you know, but, uh, you know, how many remember, uh, having the Atlas in your car and having to work out the path and and all of that, you know, um, yeah. Amen. So the word of God is our map. And you know, the thing, the point I was driving home about that aviation, that aviation chart, there's a whole bunch of symbols. There is so much information packed into one, one of those charts, Everything from the type of airport that you're going to, whether or not they have lights at that airport at night, uh, whether or not they'll have fuel at that airport, how to be in touch with them, different airspaces, ones you're allowed in, ones you're not allowed in, how high different towers and obstacles are in that particular grid of, of uh, terrain that you're flying over. I mean, there's just so many different things that, that are on that map, but you really got to get to know it in order to really know what it's trying to tell you. You really have to get to know it in order to be able to pull out of it everything that is on it. You know, and again, that's such a picture for us. The word of God is our map. It's our guide for life. Uh, But it's something that we have to continue uh, to keep our nose in. So uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God. Uh, In other translations, it says all scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. So there it is, you know, just recognizing, again, it's the only, only uh, book that's out there that's God-breathed. And so it's our, our map that's going to help us navigate all the big areas, you know, including and not being limited to uh, having uh, our, our marriages healthy, healthy relationships, friendship, sexuality, love, finances, just plain old what is right and what is wrong, prayer, Faith, and most of all, as I mentioned earlier, it helps us understand who God is, what his motives are for us, right? Like just a little sampling here. Isn't this uh, just just so heart-stirring? John 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, the word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. I mean, just camping out on that right there. Who is God? Well, oh, that's who Jesus is, man. Wow. John 1.14, so the Word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. One more here. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Just just a couple of verses there that we could camp out on and really chew on and and just get such a wonder for who our God is, right? Uh, John 8, 32 says, uh, Jesus is saying, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So we know the enemy's goal is to keep us deaf, blind, and ignorant to the written word of God. And how many know it's, it's one thing to have heard the word, but how many would agree with me? We can forget it. We can neglect it. You know, we can get distracted from it. All of these different things. And, and that certainly is a part of the enemy's strategy. Uh, and then what, what's, what's the end result of that? Well, the, the enemy winds up uh, getting upper hand. We will be a little bit aimless as we're going through life. We'll wind up by default living on our own wisdom and knowledge. And then that can cause everything in our lives from fender benders all the way out to complete train wrecks. You know, if, if we're not staying under God's covering, staying under his leading. Uh, so John 10, 10, puts it this, this way. This, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So, so again, we're talking in the context tonight of, okay, so how, here, here's, here's the question I was asking myself. And here's the question I invite all of us to ask ourselves. How much am I currently allowing the word of God to speak to my life? Right? It's it's fresh bread that the Lord gives us every day. God doesn't want his word to become stale bread in our lives, right? So when we follow the principles, the teachings that are all packed in the Word of God, it leads to life and blessing. And when we ignore, or disregard, it leads to destruction, uh, a, a form of death in some way in our lives. So may the Word of God be priority. May we treasure it. May we be those who never let familiarity breed contempt. Psalm one nineteen sixteen says, "I will delight in your decrees." And not forget your word. And that word forget uh, actually translates I will not lay aside, I will not take for granted, I will not neglect. You know, so that, that's a good reminder, again, for those who have been at it for a while. I don't want to lay it aside. I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to neglect it. So the, the the first primary way that God leads us is through his word. So so let me pause and and just ask, so so how's it looking? How are we doing on the front end of this year? We're not quite three weeks into 2022. Uh, so a little spot checkup. Is the word of God, is it given prominent place? Uh, uh, are are, are we allowing it to, to really speak to our lives? Um, and we'll talk even about some ways that we can freshen that up if need be. So all right, so that's number one, and then, then we had said in the introduction that the second way of, of the most common ways that God is going to lead us is through uh, His holy Spirit. So we said that the Word of God reveals the, the general will of God for our lives. Holy Spirit reveals the specific will of God for our lives. Right? Uh, so John 16 verses 13 and 14 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Very cool, right? John uh, ten twenty-seven, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, so again, as we're, as we're looking at this a little bit reflectively tonight on the front end of this year, looking out toward this next year, how are we doing with discerning, hearing, listening for the voice of God's Spirit? John fourteen twenty six. but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. And will remind you of everything I have told you. So, so when I, I speak of God's Holy Spirit dealing specifically and the Word of God dealing generally, uh, let's acknowledge there are lots of things in the general will of God that Holy Spirit will help us make application to our lives, right? But uh, the Holy Spirit will speak in areas where the word of God is silent. And what I mean by that is the Bible is very clear about the kind of person a believer should marry. But there's no spot in there where you can look your name up in the index and God tell you this is who you should marry, right? That's specific. That's something that the word of God is not speaking on because we need to be led by God's spirit in our lives. Uh, career path. Career uh, when to make decisions on, on career, going back to school, retirement, uh, things like that. Uh, when we're born again, Holy Spirit comes to live inside our heart. Isn't that amazing? That, that literally he dwells within us. The Bible says that we become the temple of God. And, and, and you, know, you know, just even as, as we're, we're talking about this here tonight, we could never say this enough, could we? We could never be reminded enough that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many would be honest enough to say, if that was in the forefront of my mind, it would really raise the bar in my life, in my living, in my choices, in my words, in my thoughts, right? It just just is the natural outflow. So it just does us well to really, really understand that, especially when we go back and we look at what it was like, what the temple was like in the Old Testament and what it was like for the priests who went in there to minister and to go into the Holy of Holies. And that, that abode is now dwelling inside us. You know, a Holy Spirit is there. And so he's our inside guide. So we got the word of God outside. That's our map. And then our inside guide is, is Holy Spirit. And he'll always be in agreement with the written word of God. So we always can take that, you, you know, uh, just, just completely sure that if we're wondering, is this God? Well, if it contradicts God's word, it's not Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. And we might say, come on, do you really need to say that? That's kind of obvious. Don't we justify a whole bunch of stuff? if <laughs> We go back and say, you know what? I don't care what we think this might say mean or or whatever. The Word of God says this, and Holy Spirit will always be in agreement with the written Word of God. And then the other great thing is the Spirit of God leads and empowers us to beat sin. You know, we're going to talk a little more at the end of the message. You know, we have a, a far greater covenant than the Old Testament people of God had. Because in the Old Testament, they did their best to work from a, a performance uh, type of uh, a, a covenant. You know, do these things, don't do these things. Uh, that, that has changed. And now the one who has the resource to help us not sin is the inside guide for every one of us. So he's in there to help us uh, not sin, to beat it every time. So in in the modern covenant, we don't live for God with a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, The Jewish people had over 600 Levitical laws to follow and obey. So we don't carry around lists. uh, We carry the author of the lists on the inside, right? That's why it's so important that we really learn to hear, hear his voice. We don't have to carry the list. We have the the one who wrote the list. You know, what was rule number 462? I don't know, but I've got the inside guide and he's going to show me the way to walk and and, and the way to live. And so Holy Spirit would say to us, stick with me and I'll show you and I'll teach you how to live. So let's look at this now in in the book of Romans. Romans uh, chapter seven in verse six says, but now we have been released from the law. For we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Romans 8, 2 says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So, hey, why don't everybody just say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Amen. Amen. The, the, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, and we have already been made free from the power of sin. So the person who would say, but, but it doesn't feel that way, that's where we, by faith, say, all right, Lord, you told me your divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness. And so by faith, I'll walk it out. Romans 8, 6 to 7. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. I like some of the nuance that we see here in the, in the New Living Translation, some of these things that it's bringing out here. You know, the, the sinful nature is always hostile to God. That's why, as believers, we are to take up our cross daily and follow him. We, we pin that sinful nature. That, that flesh nature, we pin it to the cross and we walk by faith after the spirit, but we do that with him abiding on the inside, giving us the power to overcome anything that would be sin, anything from the enemy that would come against us. So, so let's look at this a little more uh, in the old versus new because when we when we really get, when, when we either get a handle on this or we live in light of this, it's gonna so, press us into listening for the voice of the Spirit. He's the inside guide, coaching us, speaking to us, giving us unction, uh, j- just walking us through. And again, so, so we're not following the letters of the law, but we are following the Spirit of the law. So, so l- l- let me work that out a little bit. So in the Old Testament, it was external code. Right? Again, all the the laws. And in the New Testament, it becomes internal desire after God. Right? So the old way in the external code, God's moral precepts are only an external code of conduct. But in the new way with uh, internal desire, God's moral precepts are written on our hearts. And the spirit gives us a desire to obey. We no longer serve God because we have to, serve God or else, but because we want to. In in the old nature, the old covenant, it was uh, commanding. We are being commanded. In the new covenant, the new nature, we are being empowered. Amen? So, uh, in the commanding, in the old covenant, the law commands but gives no enabling power for obedience. In the new, the spirit empowers us to obey the law's commands. The old covenant, fear. New covenant, gratitude. So in fear, we try to obey because of the fear of punishment for disobedience or to win favor of God. In the new way, in gratitude, the Spirit, by showing us God's grace, produces a response of love and gratitude. Can you say amen? Right? See the differences? And and in our humanity, can't we slip back into old covenant thinking? But but that's not where God wants us to live. In the old covenant, it's working. In the new covenant, it's relying. So in, in the, the arena of working, we perform in order to be accepted by God. And since our performance is always imperfect, we're, we're never feeling completely accepted. Uh, we're working uh, to, from a position of weakness. In, in the new covenant, in relying, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are accepted by God through Christ. It winds up, and when we recognize it's not by what I did, it's not by what I earned, how much do we try to earn God's love and God's approval? But instead, it's God gave me this free gift, and now out of response to what he's done is this love and gratitude toward him. So in this, we are accepted by him. We work from a position of strength because we've been accepted through Jesus. Amen. Amen. So led by the word of God, led by Holy Spirit, how are we doing? In what way would the Lord want us to respond to some of these things that we looked at here tonight as we look at 2022 moving forward? So how are we doing being led by the word? Here's just a couple of thoughts. And again, we're all wired so differently. So I'm just throwing some things out there let God's Spirit resonate with you on specifically how to approach the Word of God being rich and planted in your life. But maybe for some, it's, uh, I got to get a little bit of a game plan for reading God's Word. To get into his word, I got to come up with a game plan, and and the beautiful thing is now, you know, with access to Google, you can find any Bible plan that you could ever dream of. You can study all the characters in the Word of God. Um, you can study the Bible chronologically. You can study Old and New Testament at the same time. You can I mean, there's just all these different really neat ways that you can study, or you could just simply say, I want to just take it as I go, you know. But a lot of times, take it as I go for many people, fizzles out. You know, which is why a lot of times I talk about having a track to run on. You know, I'm going to stay moving forward if I've got a track to run on. If God deviates me off to something else, that's great, but at least I'll, I'll have a track to run on. I know for me personally, and again, like I said, we're all different personalities, but I would fizzle in and out of reading the word of God um, early on in my walk with God and then um, I decided you know what I'm going to start reading the Bible through and I did one of those old New Testament at the same time and uh, I I think probably the first at least the first couple of years of trying it I didn't get all the way through my Bible cover to cover but then it got to the point where I started doing that every year and uh, and again that's where I started discovering some of these things that I shared like wow Leviticus is tough wow the prophets God God's mad, a lot. You know, I don't want to spend all this time in the prophets. You know, but then started learning. Now God's talking to me. What is God saying to me in this time? And and then and then after doing that a couple of years, I went through chronologically and I saw a whole bunch of different things. So it's it's reading your Bible, you know, old and New Testament in in the the time where things happened, and so it moves the prophets overlapping with the history books and just really really fascinating. So maybe it's building a, a game plan. Maybe it's just saying, Lord, where do I start reading? Um, And then here's something else that I would encourage. Have a really good study Bible. And make sure you have a study Bible that appreciates the work and ministry of Holy Spirit today. Because there's some that are out there that don't. And, and, you know, no study Bible, you know, the study notes aren't inspired. It's the Word of God that's inspired. But if we get context, you know, as a matter of fact, my study Bible that I'm going through this year, I've had it on my shelf for years, uh, is the archaeology study Bible. And I'm geeking out because I'm learning all these cool things about what was going on in the culture at the time. You know, even things that, you know, in Bible school that that just uh, we didn't cover in that much depth. So that's something different. And, and I'm seeing things in, in Scripture that way, you know. So um, it's not that the study notes are inspired. Actually, there's some things I saw in there where I'm like, I don't agree with you. But that's okay, because you want to know what, at least I'm thinking, but I don't want to read something that is throwing hurdles all the way through, you know? The reason why I say that is because when I was a brand new believer, um, somebody recommended a study Bible from a wonderful teacher who was so anti-present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it was all in the notes in the Bible, and it was confusing, sometimes scary because, you know, as a new believer, just being, you know, and he just didn't have revelation. He didn't have understanding, you know, uh, of, of uh, these things that, that the Word of God says about Pentecost in the present day move of the Spirit. So, so I would just say use a good study Bible and make sure you know what the definition of good is, is really what I'm saying. But having context so that we can rightly divide the Word of Truth is so important. And then I would also encourage in that, are you reading a translation that you understand? You know, another interesting study that I'm looking at, you know, there are, there are denominations today that will say there's only one English translation that God's really smiling on. <laughs> some of you are smiling, you're like, I know that one, you know. Um, but it's interesting, I was doing some studying, and you know, that translation, <laughs> I'll just leave it that way, that translation, when it was translated, it was the translation of the common people so people could understand in their vernacular what the Word of God was saying, you know? So uh, all I'm saying is... uh Make sure that you can understand the words, the meaning of the words, uh, and what they meant in their context if you're working from an older English translation. Some of them are quite beautiful, and maybe for many of us, we've studied the word and memorized it in a certain translation. Um, I would also say some of the newer translations that are more paraphrase compare it against other translations. You know, it shouldn't be just, uh, you know, pick one and, and live in it and, and that's it. Whatever translation we're reading in, check it out against a couple others, you know? So for me, a lot of times I like looking New King James or uh, English Standard, and I like looking at that against the New International Version, looking at the New Living. A lot of times here on Wednesday nights, I'll use the New Living. It's not because I think it's, it's, you know, the best. I just like that it's worded in in such friendly, modern, that sometimes we catch some of the nuances. And that's another thing too. When, when things are translated into English from the Greek, it's not a, uh, a plug and play. It's not word-for-word word, uh, translation between the languages. You understand what I mean by that? You know, so like there's all kinds of nuances in the Greek and sometimes you'll read something in three different English translations and they all seem like they have a little bit different of a flavor trying to bring out what the Greek says. If you really want that all-encompassing, a lot of times reading from the Amplified uh, will give you all of those flavors. It's just really, really wordy, you know, when you read in the Amplified, you know, because it it literally is going to break down all those different shades of the meaning of the word for you. So anyway, just all of that to just get you thinking on, all right, so what translation am I reading? Do I understand it? Is, Is it, you know, what would God be speaking to me? Do I have a good study Bible? And here's another super obvious thing, if we're not doing it already, Pray before we read the word of God. Ask Holy Spirit, show me what it is that you want me to see here today. Um, This is something that goes back to youth ministry, but I still use it today. The wild method of Bible study. So So it's four principles to say, I didn't just read the word, but I spent time chewing on it in order to extract out of it what God would want to apply to my life. So wild. Word idea, life, and do. W-I-L-D. So word is, do I understand just what the Bible is literally saying? That, and then I is idea. What's the idea that's getting put across to me? How does this apply to my life? You know, again, I, I can, I can talk about using this method, reading in the Old Testament, where, where God is, Telling uh, Israel that, they're, um, that they've prostituted themselves. You know, that's literally what the word says. You know, and then, and then going, what's the idea here? God is jealous for our hearts. There are other things that can be enthroned instead of God in our lives. And, and how much does that grieve God? You know, and then starting to think about what is an idol and, you know, what's the idea? And then that starts moving into L is for life. How does this apply to my life? Are there things that have moved into God's place in my life? And, uh, and, and I have to make some changes. I don't want to be, you know, uh, where my heart is far from him. I want it to be that my heart is fully, uh, f- you know, on board for him. And then D is do. What do I need to do? We could go, let's use this as, as a, for instance, you know, Peter asks Jesus how many times should I forgive somebody when they sin against me? Uh, seven times, right? And Jesus says 70 times seven, you know? So we would say, all right, well, so that's, that, that's the story. That's what it says. What's the idea? Is I, I just got to keep forgiving people. How does that apply to my life? Oh, Lord, yeah. I got, I got somebody that I've been holding stuff. Do, what do I have to do? God might say, well, release them and forgive them. God might say, go have a conversation with them, right? But you see how just in reviewing that, uh, I, I have had times where my schedule is full and I'll just read my Bible and close it and go on with my day. That's not gonna have the same effect in my life as if I do this wild method, just kind of going through. God, what do you want to speak to me today? What do I want to take out of it today? All right, another thing we can look at is journaling. Just taking time to journal. What did God speak to me? And, um, you know, there, there are some folks that are very, uh, you know, uh, journalism major, English major type folks, you know, that, you know, you think of journaling as like writing out, you know, stories and, you, you know, metaphors and all these different things, uh, and for folks who aren't wired like that, you might be a little bit scared off by journaling, but it can be as simple as writing out some bullet points, just jotting down a couple of key things that God is highlighting that day, but then your journal, it, just taking the time to do that exercise will, will put us into a place of trying to let the Word lead us. Amen? Amen. Uh, And then uh, also finding someone to talk with about what we're learning in the Word. So what did God speak to you today? Where are you at in the Word? I don't want you to raise your hand, but let me ask, how many of us have conversations like that with family and friends? And maybe that's something that God would speak to us today. How, how great would that be that conversations around the word you know here's a nugget that God is showing me or wow something that just blew my mind in the word of God today and now we're making the word of God our, our conversation centerpiece in our conversation um, alright so and then so how are we being led by the word you know and let's just just uh, for a minute is, is God speaking anything to any hearts tonight is there anything that God is saying take away out of this message act on out of this message when it comes to the word. Let's just wait about a half a minute and see what he says. And then, and then why don't we uh, move over now to uh, being led by the Spirit. You know, just, just kind of making some application on this here. So, being intentional to listen. Lord, what is it that you're speaking to me? Lord, what is it that you're saying? Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll say to the Lord, Lord, is there anything I'm being thick that you're trying to get through. And I'll say, please forgive me wherever that's happening and help me hear you. You know, but just to have some time to just wait and, and listen. And again, journaling can be great in that process to just say, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening and just getting still. And I would just encourage if there's anybody that's that's saying, you know, I don't know that I hear God's voice. Literally taking the time to say, Lord, I want to hear you. The Lord is talking. Sometimes we're not recognizing it's him. Sometimes there's too much noise. Sometimes we just haven't quieted ourselves to hear from him. And that's why, again, taking time to journal, to practice listening, and then catch those times where we're paying attention to when the Lord is leading us. Come on, have you ever had, had a time where you've said something and the Lord has just spoken to your heart, you just shouldn't have said that. And you hear, it's like wah, wah. You know, you just just get it, you know. It's, he doesn't even have to say anything. You just feel him going. The Lord's, uh, for lack of a better word, he's cringing and we know it, right? I mean, that's, that, to, to pay attention, you know, uh, to Lord, that was a spot where you were leading me. You convicted me today. Thank you for convicting me. You know, there's, uh, I forget um, if it's Oswald Chambers or Sanders or one of the devotional guys. Uh, he has a, a devotional of morning and evening devotions. You know, and I don't know if in our modern life how many people would be regularly doing morning and evening devotions, but I would say this before our head hits the pillow, you, you know, to go to sleep at night, to just be asking, just to take a, a, a survey back over the day. Where were you talking? Lord, where were the God moments? I, I know, God, you were with me. Of course, you're, you're, you're the inside guide with me all day long, but what were the God moments? What did you speak today? Where were you leading me? Was I listening? And, and, and the more we take time to give that kind of attention, we're, we're going to recognize and discern the voice of the Spirit more and more. And then I would just say with that, and, and we're, we're coming in for a landing here, um, with great regularity I approach this because it's, it's, the, uh, it's one of the plagues of our modern culture. How are we doing with the amount of noise that's in our lives? So we're talking about hearing Holy Spirit, being led by God's Spirit. How much noise is there in our lives? And do we need to pare back some of that noise so that we could hear God when he's talking? You know, so uh, one of the the most pillar foundational spiritual disciplines in the ancient church, and and really for, for many, many centuries, was solitude, and silence, and quiet, and waiting on the Lord. And again, our modern culture, I mean, even, even we could say the last 10 years, I mean, it's been, it's been accelerating for a much longer time than that. But man, these last, you know, this, this last decade in particular, where, I mean, my watch talks to me now, it tells me to get up. It did that today. I said, mind your business. <laughs> I'm doing stuff. I can't get up right now. You know, my phone talks to me. I've got an iPad. We've got, you know, I don't have the, uh, what is that, Alexa, where, you know, in the house here. I do know that every so often Siri just chimes in when I didn't ask and says, says things to me. And I'm like, I guess I said something that sounded like, hey, Siri, you know, oh, it's, it's probably going to do that now. Shut it off. But there's so much opportunity for us to be distracted these days. That that I think more than ever, we have to be really intentional uh, to make sure that we allow time to listen and to hear God's voice. Can you say amen? Amen. So man, how exciting to think in this, you know, the the people that know their God, it says in the word, will do great exploits. And, And it says at the same time in these last days that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. How do we not be a people that are deceived? How do we, how do we be people that do great exploits for our God? It's that we're people that walk with him. And again, so just tying all of this together, these things that we've laid here uh, over these last two messages, we put our trust in him. We lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. And now we're recognizing his word is front and center. It's fresh bread that we feed upon every day. And then we are led by his spirit. And when we start with that foundation, now when we look at all of the other ways that God is going to want, want to lead us, man, we have a strong foundation. And we have to keep going back and strengthening the foundation, right? That's where we started this message tonight. This foundation can so easily get eroded from our lives. So, so hey, can I pray for us here now that we would have a fresh hunger for the Word of God? And, and let's just pray that if we have had ears that have been clogged or deaf, maybe uh, if our heart has been stony, hard-hearted, that God would do a work here tonight. So, Father... We thank you so much that we get to walk with you. Lord, we could look out into the sky and try to contemplate how big our world is, our universe is, and that you're beyond it, that you created all of it, and yet you want us to know you and walk with you throughout our days and weeks and months. Years that you desire relationship with us, and so God, tonight we are praying that you would deliver us from anything that's part of our modern culture, our world, our lifestyle whether it's external around us, it's stuff in our own wiring, Lord, that would get in the way of us being. Hungry for your word, treasuring your word, letting it be a lamp unto our feet. Forgive us for any place where we have neglected, forgive us for any place where we have taken for granted. Father, I ask for us as a church family, Lord, in a whole new way, that we would be people with your word on our lips alone, with you, with each other. And so give us a hunger. Lord, if there's any that are, that are here, that are online, that, that are not readers, they're not reading-minded, academic-minded, anything like that, Lord, give grace where that wouldn't be a hurdle, but that every one of us would find a way out of our shape, out of our wiring To be people of your word. And we pray, Holy Spirit, tonight that you would move in power in our lives, that you would open our eyes where we've had them shut, heal them where we've been blind, correct where we've had distorted picture, open our ears unclog our ears help us to hear your voice Lord where our hearts have become hardened or stony we pray that you'd soften our hearts Lord deliver if we've gotten jaded in any way cynical in any way or or anything in, in, in that arena that would cause us to not be able to hear your voice to not be able to discern your move in our conscience, in our inner man. We just thank you so much for it, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray a fresh revelation in our hearts, Holy Spirit, that we are your temple. Let it deeply impact the way we live. And Holy Spirit, help us with the noise of our day, the noise of our generation. Deliver us from it and show us how to live outside of it so that we in no way are hindered from hearing your voice. We want to hear your voice, Lord. We want to be led by you. And so, Lord, I just thank you for all the unique ways that you would speak to us, help us apply your word here today. Thank you for speaking to us. And so we are just blessed knowing that we're growing. You're growing us forward in 2022. We're growing in you. We're growing in your calling for our lives. We're growing in fruitfulness. And we just give you all the praise for it, all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen.